Hello, and welcome again to the iGemmers of the World podcast by After iGem. My name is Melody, and I am really excited to host the show and bring to you several speakers looking at the future of Simbao education and accessibility in our own iGem community. We'll also talk a bit about how biotech education is impacted now during the COVID-19 pandemic and what these times have revealed about the value of science education today. For this episode, I talk with an iGEM alum, after iGEM coordinator and rising entrepreneur, Ricardo Chavez. Ricardo is the co-founder and the CEO of Cintia Bio, a biotech startup focused on democratizing SynBio and biotechnology in Latin America through the creation of low-cost tools and at-home kits for biotech education. My name is Ricardo. I am currently uh, one of the founders of Cynthia. Cynthia is a startup that focuses on facilitating the way we teach, do research, and innovate in the fields of biotech, synthetic biology, in Latin America. I'm currently also uh, participating and collaborating with the IGEM Foundation as an ambassador to Latin America and a coordinator to one of their programs, which is After IGEM. All right, so how did Cynthia start? Cynthia, in its early stages, it was, uh, I always wanted to be able to, in the real world, uh, be able to come up with my own ideas and projects uh, very similar in the way that the iGEM competition works. Join a team, start thinking about an issue or a problem, and uh, then again, work on solving it throughout uh, either, uh, either the year or the summer. I guess it started as a way of how can we get together in a place and work on solving an issue, but it in a really quick manner. So that was early after graduating from my master's from the University of Edinburgh in synthetic biology, systems and synthetic biology. And I started uh, gathering with my, who would be my co-founder, Minerva Castellanos, thinking about we, how we could actually come up with a, a, a sustainable um, business plan for having a lab, while also uh, being or working in accordance with DIY bio, open science, and biohacking. Since we were actually uh, coming from a non-traditional way towards biotech and, and realizing projects, we neither were in academia nor working for a company at the moment. So it's like kind of in an in-between place. So at first we started, okay, so how can we actually work in projects? What do we need to uh, get it going? So we needed a lab and uh, in order to start, um, well, just doing experiments, picking up a topic. So when we started looking into how do you actually fund the lab and, and work through it? Well, it was pretty obvious that you needed, uh, that you would need a lot of funding to do it. And most of, of it, at least in Mexico, what we noted was that it was gonna take a lot of money to actually start our own lab. So we started thinking about why don't we just start working on our own equipment? Uh, we started working on our own equipment. We gathered a team of engineers and uh, by looking into what other members of the DIY bio community had worked on, we started to, to work on designs that would make them a little bit more robust, that would fit into a lab and that uh, we could actually use them in order to save some money. However, uh, when we started, and several friends started asking what we were working on, they realized, well, we realized that uh, there were more and more people interested in our, our, our hardware. Uh, Mexican scientists and, and other people and, and friends from Latin America, uh, it got to a point where they actually wanted some of this equipment as well. So 
it, it, it slowly started diverging from creating our own lab to work on our projects into actually creating equipment that would feed the needs of other Mexican and Latin American researchers and their project as well. So that's how, how it's, we started working on, on, on Cynthia. Afterwards, uh, we were able to develop a little bit more of our plan. We participated in several competitions and actually won a uh, campus party uh, hackathon. When we were uh, questioned actually about why we were working on, on equipment and also what the, the effect it would be on, on, on Mexican, Mexican scientists, regional scientists, as well as education, uh, it was after talking with a couple of, the, of judges that uh, the idea of, of focusing it on education would also be a good idea. When we started Cynthia, we were already aware of programs like BiBuilder existing and also Bento Mini-PCR, uh, but we didn't know how we could actually fit in that, in, that, um, in that order. So when we started looking into what they were also doing, we, we noted a, a big difference, which one of them was that all of their products were not already available for the Latin American uh, uh, market. This is due to, as we later uh, learned, due to many uh, regulation issues uh, regarding import and export of biologics uh, that could actually make the, the, uh, the equipment or reagents take weeks to sometimes months to arrive to where they are meant to in Latin America. So we were inspired to, to try and work on a very regional chapter like uh, Bento or Mini-PCR or BioBuilder itself. So that's when we started thinking more of, of a, a company that also had an educational component. And then when we were advancing, we also were evaluating, okay, so how can we best create a product that can not only be for researchers uh, that they need equipment on a budget, but also for the education sector. So what we started doing were all-in-one box kits that would have um, simple, well, relatively simple things like uh, petri dishes with media and, and, and antibiotics, uh, competent cells and, and all that, that were not available in, in any form to the Latin American market before we actually uh, uh, went into, or, or at least that could actually provide those in a simpler way than the already existing products. So that's uh, how we started our, our, our path towards education as well. Seeing how we could actually, instead of, of waiting for, for the products to, to arrive to our region, why couldn't we kickstart the, uh, the edtech uh, chapter for biotech as unseen bio in Latin America? Wow, from iGEM to bring biotech to Latin America, that's quite a journey. I then asked Ricardo whether he was met with any challenges, even in shipping out Centio kits within Latin American countries. Um, yeah, so our initial thought that would, was that if it was a Latin American made product, that it would be easier due to uh, a shared regulation between our nations. Turns out it's, it's also a little bit troublesome to export to other Latin American countries, even from Mexico. But I, I think that it's been easier than in other countries. Uh, from, for example, the US or Europe, uh, both in, for, for the time that, that is required as well as the, the costs. So for example, you were mentioning the, the issue of not just the time, there's also the price issue that sometimes imported products from biologics can increase their costs from 30 to 40% on, on top of that. And imagine yourself that you're shipping, I don't know, an enzyme or, or, 
or some bacteria and they get stuck in customs for weeks and they're no longer viable. So those were the things that we were wanted to, to also focus on. How we could uh, also focus on, on, the, um, on the supply chain that we could actually satisfy a need. And, and there was this, this also issue that we expect or, or sometimes people expect that all of the content it's there, but it's in English. So la language was also a barrier that we were trying to, to cross through our efforts. Central to Cynthia's story is how Ricardo and his team saw an opportunity for access to biotech tools and knowledge to grow in their region of Latin America. In particular, how important it is that the organization they created is also based in Latin America. It is by and for people in the region who recognize the challenges faced and know this education system and curriculum to truly sustainably integrate biotech education into it. Ricardo talks a bit about this too when I ask him about how he saw the need for something like Cynthia. Yeah, so we're, it's, it's quite funny because we, we can talk to any uh, a biotech student in, in, in Mexico or in Latin America that they're already in a university or, or high school but with a deep interest for synthetic biology or biotech. And they will all say that they wish that this was available to them uh, in a more earlier age. But that, that's just preaching to the choir. The, the, the real thing that, that makes it sustainable uh, that we're working towards, it's actually like, where does it fit in the, in the regional landscape? So it's not just because I would have loved to have a Cynthia product in my youth, but how does it fit with the actual and current educational strategies throughout the region? And that's a tough question because um, even then our, our main approach has been to work towards education, but to a practical mean, like you, you actually do all of this stuff and, and, and learn through doing rather than just reading or, or a VR uh, activity, which are also have their own, own they're really good, uh, um, alternatives. However, our challenge hasn't been to actually develop the kits, the educational content, or even the hardware. Our, our challenge, main challenge has been like, how do we uh, help it get to and uh, get incorporated in, into the schooling system? So we've been working from both a, a public school approach, from a private institution approach, and uh, we've been getting really good advice from other people who have uh, already, who already have uh, sustainable companies, um, edtech companies, but for example, working with with um, with robotics. So they have been sharing like years of experience or of how they actually managed. Because again, if we went back ten years in Mexico, uh, robotics or mechatronics was in a similar stage than where we are now. People knew that it was going to be relevant in the future. Or even I would argue that they were relevant even then, but how did, did the education, well, the, the uh, schooling system um, change throughout these 10 years to it actually being implemented? That was the challenge because we don't want it to be 10 years before more Cynthia uh, educational kits are available in all of the schools in Mexico or in Latin America. So the way I've been doing is getting a lot of advice from, from, uh, from, well, people who have already had their tech companies in Mexico, but also uh, working hand in hand with, um, with people who are already school, uh, sorry, teachers at, at high schools and universities, giving us feedback. And also on a way of how can we talk in the same language that a 
for example, uh, a director from a public or private school, like where do, that's the question that we're still answering. Where does Cynthia fit in the current education strategy? And even if it doesn't fit, we are making our best to, to pitch the importance so that at least some of those schools is start incorporating it. And we're hoping that from once they incorporate it, more people will actually, more schools will actually want to start teaching this at their own educational systems. I then asked Ricardo what he thought about education, particularly biotech education currently. Did he feel it was undervalued? What are the challenges? What I learned from Ricardo was how he saw the need to better connect biotech education and the joy of learning with the solving of real world problems using the knowledge gained. So I think it has to do with several gaps from, from why you choose to study a certain topic to you actually applying your knowledge and solving an issue within that topic. And then also getting a matching salary for, for that, I would say. So I think it's not that it's undervalued, but people seem to be demotivated sometimes because they don't, they don't see the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, I study how many years and then I end up working in, in a position where I'm no longer apply what I was interested in. And, and I think that has to do a lot with, with uh, critical thinking and creativity, I believe, because we need to start uh, thinking in, in a way of solving problems uh, and, and actually feeling, feeling good about it with our knowledge, rather than just, uh, at least in, from the, from the uh, ethic point of view with regarding to uh, scientific education, I think that's, that's a, a, I think that sometimes is, is a mismatch. Like, why do I need to, to learn math? Why do I learn, need to learn biotech? If people don't see the applications to it, it's hard to get them motivated. But if they actually do an experiment, practice critical thinking and understand from beginning to end, how was it that their own um, actions ended up with, with a, a, a cool thing that they can actually show for or even solved an issue, I think that's, that, that's one of the things that we actually need to do rather than, than uh, yeah, like why, it's, it's, it's about asking the question, why I wanna study what I wanna study. And what we're helping them to go towards a scientific career, but not because we're just preaching that science is the best career in the world, but we think that it has to do a lot with, that they discovered that this is something that they wanted to all along. And that through our experiments and through our practices, they discovered that. And I think like part of that too is like having the tools even to like play with that and, and be able to apply some of that knowledge. And then part of that too is like the whole aspect of having education or curriculum surrounding that. Um, like on one hand, like completely agree like this aspect of like looking looking for the applications to see where does the work that you're doing actually goes. Um, but like sometimes it's like super easy even as a scientist or as a researcher to get up caught caught up in the process too which which is really important right this aspect of like um, like really really understanding the process in order to get to that end goal yeah i mean I, and i think that for example robotics mechatronics and, and even uh, programming had a lot of advantages through here and there are quite uh, a lot of, of uh, edtech startups there focusing on this. And it's great because you actually get to do the experiment. You see it from beginning to end and you can keep the whatever robot or program you were working on. So it's also quite fulfilling. So one of the challenges is how do we translate it into biotech and symbio? Like, can you actually keep a, a GMO that you've just designed? And, and that's also a lot of 
of the regulations that we've been going through, both for Mexico and Latin America. And, and, and that's quite the challenge, but we're working on it and keeping not just entertained, but that they actually go through all of this process. I then asked Ricardo about where he sees Cintia going. Might we look into the future and see Cintia become a significant part of Latin American students' education growing up, inspiring them to become bioengineers, synthetic biologists, or to use biotechnology in all sorts of different ways to solve all sorts of challenges? Yeah, I, I actually hope that for that to happen one day to, I don't know, finally uh, get, get approached by someone to tell me that how they decided to, to work in biotech on a specific issue due to their experience with a Cynthia kid. And uh, I, I do actually uh, would like to see that happen because our role there, again, um, even in a, a, a country like Mexico, who has some uh, differences of opinion regarding uh, GMO plants, uh, transgenics, especially with corn, um, it's that sometimes we get into, uh, or, or sometimes people would, would ask us like, but why, why would you want to teach this? Or why would you like to, to teach that EMOs are the solution to all of the problems? And, and that's not what we're doing. What we are intending to do is for our students to have their, one of their first interactions with biotech, but where we are not trying to, um, how do you say, brainwash them into going into biotech. But biotech in this case is the, the um, let's say the, the tool from which they learn critical thinking, creativity, and also, uh, well, all of the, the stages throughout the STEAM education alternative, which is we want more people to be critical, analyzing, and also uh, motivated to, to start working on solving the issues from within our region. So that's why we're also trying to, uh, our topics, instead of being a broad uh, topic that involves the whole world, it's more of a topic like involves our region. We love saying that Latin America is one of the most mega diverse regions in the whole world, but it's also like, how do we actually implement this and come up with our own strategies and solutions rather than look out for someone to solve it for us? So there is a lot of scientific literacy in the region, but I do believe that, again, like other um, STEAM areas, uh, there wasn't a, a, a biotech and seen bio chapter before us in the region. So that's why we wanted to also come in to say, hey, here's another tool that you can use. And what you're getting here is not just having another alternative, but also um, a pretty good one that's been advising quite a lot in the past 20 years. Definitely thinking about this aspect of like, by, by doing SynBio, that doesn't mean that all of the solutions in the world can be solved by SynBio, right? There's this aspect of like, the whole point is to show that there are other solutions that um, we don't have to like use only our limited tools that we can increase the number of tools that we have to better think of ideas that even cross the use of several different fields and really think about like what it means to like really broaden our perspective and the wide expanse of like knowledge that we can then utilize to, to solve some of our own problems, right? And, and, and it's like you are not alone and you are never well you're not supposed to be alone in solving all of these issues because they are really diverse and, and they can be approached from a lot of areas uh, so for example when, when people say to me like how did someone who studied biotech and symbio design an, a, a biotech equipment it's like no i didn't i just got the, the right people to do the job and work on a team 
where we can actually come up with this solution. But it isn't just a, a, a biotech guy working on that, but it's also engineers, designers, uh, experts in education. So again, it's a really uh, large problem that should never be approached through just one, from one uh, lens. It's, it's, that's, and, and also the, the design part that you were mentioning is quite important because the whole way that we communicate with each other is much, much uh, interesting where we find the uh, adequate tools and not just talking or writing or actually looking into other options and how we can share and express our ideas. And, and that's one of the things I really like about Symbio, the whole um, diverse backgrounds of people who come into Symbio and then actually work together to come, come up with projects that no one had ever thought before. I then asked him to talk a bit about a Centia kit and what it looks like in the hands of students. Sure, so it's, it's the most simple, and again, it's something that has been done for the past 20 plus years, which is just basically uh, modifying a bacteria for it to fluoresce in different colors. So I know for you and me, it might not seem like a big deal, but it's, it's really great to see how a student actually ends up, a high school student ends up understanding what a plasmid needs for it to work and, and confer the ability to fluoresce on a, on a bacteria. And then they start thinking about all of the many things that they can actually do on this. So a, a simple kit, the, the most simple kit that we have on, on genetic engineering, which is the, the fluorescence one, uh, it, it's interesting to see how, and, and that's one of the things that we're also proud of because we have this kit of fluorescence, uh, also the smell, and also the bilassine pathway, which is about um, guiding them uh, towards more complex approaches and applications of Symbio, but that from the very beginning, they are already starting to think and come up with their own ideas on how they could use and harness this, this tool that is Symbio and come up with their own projects. So one of the things that we're working on is we don't want to miss all of these great ideas and, and, and creative ideas that come from, from, from the young ones. And we don't also want them to wait until they're in, in university on their master's program that they can actually test them out. So that's something that we're working on to see how our students can actually apply uh, or, or, come, or once they have an idea and it's curated and evaluated that they can actually make their projects a reality. That's not a product in itself, but it's uh, one of the things that we're working on to see how those really committed students have a really bright idea and creative one, to, uh, they can actually see their project come to, to real life. It's amazing to hear the parallels between Ali, Natalie, and Ricardo, who see the kits and tools they create as opportunities for students to not only learn about Symbio, but also create their own projects from their own ideas inspired by the kits. I'd like to emphasize Ricardo's point a bit here as well, and to recognize the importance of bringing the tools of synthetic biology and biotech to people globally. Perhaps what inspires me most about Cintia is their focus in providing people in Latin America with the independence to not only use and learn about these tools, but also use these tools built by Latin Americans, and the knowledge of Symbio to come up with their own targeted solutions for their region. And in the larger picture, their work, though regionally focused, might also contribute to the wider field of biotech and Symbio globally through the challenge they solve regionally that may have larger significance to others elsewhere. Biotech advances and research have for a long time been reserved for the regions of North America and Europe who have the resources and had the privilege of accessing biotechnology. 
The laboratory tools are often expensive and shipped primarily to these regions. Their language varies for other regions, as most everything in science is in English, and while biotech is increasing its reach globally, these challenges often hinder the potential for biotech to grow in other regions and help the world. I asked Ricardo what he thought about how a biotech education and edtech company based in Latin America, like Cintia, could change this. What are the ways, like, to in which like, you think just, like, even by having a company like Cintia in, in the world, what that means for, for the way in which, um, like, synthetic biology looks in the future in terms of the people in there in synthetic biology doing uh, synthetic biology research? Yeah, I, I wish that, again, I think that uh, we need to come up with more diverse teams and, and collaborate more, not just within our region, but also on a more global scale. But one of the things that, of why we, we, we started focusing in, in Latin America, not just because this is where we are, where I currently live and where I've been all my life, but it's also about, I, I think that other regions can do this. For example, uh, they have several ways of learning biotech. There are different products that can actually uh, help them learn symbio and biotech within their regions. And in Latin America, we were, again, not just dealing with how do we make it more affordable, but how do we deal with regulation and all that, and, and, and shipping and, and, and all of these issues that also come with, with running a company and, and providing a product. So I guess we're providing the, the stepping stones to keep advancing because I wouldn't want uh, Cynthia to say itself a regional company or focusing just in a region. But we need to start there, at least. Provide the stepping stones, see how uh, the region is reacting to being empowered by, by having more access to these tools. But also, it's like we cannot alienate ourselves as a region uh, and, and, and not work with, with uh, other countries as well. But um, when I used to talk with, when I was in my uni the University of Edinburgh, Sometimes people' reactions would be, well, why don't you just, uh, like, when I started talking about the idea of Cynthia, they were a little bit confused about why it didn't exist already, if, if biotech and symbio were already um, uh, such important topics there. And, and that's one of the things that we need these stepping stones because we are lagging behind in what other countries are doing. So we're trying to level the, the playground, as a way to say, so that once those bases are done, we can actually uh, start collaborating with the rest of the world. But also on the educational aspect would be like, I can imagine myself in, in, a, in a way like iGEM does already. Uh, how cool would it be that a Latin American student works on a project with a student from, I don't know, Australia as well or Germany and carry it out together. I mean, that's the future that I would like to look towards too. And we know that, for example, biofoundries are happening and where you're no longer, we will uh, actually need a lab to, to come up with a project and see the results that we can just uh, uh, send all the information and someone helps us do it. I guess it's kind of a balance between uh, get up to, to speed with what's happening with, in the rest of the world and then collaborating so that we can keep them advancing at the same pace. It's very interesting because I think there's an, like biotech is both such a new, like new, like rising field, especially synthetic biology, I would say like the ability to engineer cells, like that's something that didn't really come around until 
maybe really just the early 2000s. And that's only been like the early 21st century, I guess, right? So like, it's also interesting though, to think that like a lot of people have this expectation now that like almost every country should be equipped with at least the, the tools to, to be able to think, uh, use synthetic biology hopefully as a tool to, to combat some of their biggest challenges and, and different like complex questions that, uh, that people have, right? Yeah, and, and it's also this, this thing about uh, trying to, to keep up to speed on, on, on why we're doing this. It's because we also see that uh, the way we do science, at least in Mexico, in, in several labs that have had the opportunity to either collaborate or, or, or learn from, it's, uh, you mentioned that Symbio has been, or, uh, or yeah, Symbio has been like since the early tw uh, thousands, two thousands, but it's also, it isn't being implemented as much as I wish it were. I still have friends working long periods of time uh, cloning uh, instead of just synthesizing stuff. And uh, I guess one of the ways that I see synthetic biology quite so different from genetic engineering and traditional biotech is the new, actually learning and, and implementing the new tools that we have available. So that's also quite of the things that, that we wouldn't want our students as well to just be limited by the current state of, of how we do science in a traditional sense, but to also open themselves up to the possibilities of what is going on out there and that we can actually do that within our region. Finally, I asked Ricardo how Cintia has met the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic and whether it has also changed receptiveness for biotech education in the region. Yeah, I think that the, the whole pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, has been an eye-opener towards the importance of science and, and why is it important to not just learn it, understand it, but also in the, in the uh, great way of things, like how important it is to know that you need to, I don't know, cover your mouth or, or wash your hands because else you, you could get infected. So, it's brought a lot of attention to, to the relevance and importance of biotech, both as, as understanding what goes on a molecular level, but also as a way that provides solutions towards the pandemic. But on the other hand, <laughs> it's been troublesome due to the, the, uh, how, the, the isolation, students not being able to go to class, and, and, and which I think it's, it's the best way to go at the moment. So one of the things that we had to pivot in, in Cynthia was to actually work on home uh, on kits for for homes for their for individual kits for students. However, we did have to develop a new product for that because the ones that require genetic engineering, due to the Mexican regulation, people are not allowed to do genetic engineering freely at their homes in, in Mexico and several uh, Latin American countries, and that's something that. Uh, We've been working from outside the government and, and also I, I was part of a committee working on to better understanding through the, uh, on, on how the, the regulation is keeping up to date with, with the reality. For example, the US doesn't require any special permits for you to actually uh, just transform a bacteria and, and produce GFP, uh, whereas in Mexi Mexico it does. So we've been navigating this, this whole situation. Uh, and one of the answers was that, well, if we cannot ship our products, so 
students who actually kind of do the, the usual kits that they would do at a high school lab or a university lab. Well, let's come up with a different product, but that also has the, the, the soul of Cynthia, which is learning uh, by doing, and in this case now at home. <laughs> so that's one of the products that we've been uh, catching up with. And one of the other iterations that we're uh, trying for next year, once things start stabilizing, is a membership program, much like other edtechs are doing, but we, I guess, we just uh, started thinking about how we could actually implement it. A membership program for schools and, and students so that they can uh, be able to do all of our, 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 our kits or practices at their school lab through either extracurricular or curricular activities, which that also has been one of the, the, the things that we were focused on, Cynthia. Keeping a balance between, okay, what is considered curricular according to the uh, educational institutions, the Mexican educational institutions, but also uh, what, is, what is fulfilling the, the, the normal program, but what is also giving an edge and an advantage for the students that actually go through our Cynthia program. I hope you've enjoyed hearing from Ricardo as much as I did in this last episode of this short series highlighting biotech, education, and accessibility in this podcast. To learn more about Cynthia, check out the links in the description to connect with the Cynthia team. Here are some final thoughts from Ricardo connecting back to his iGEM experience. One of the things that I do like and love to mention about is um, when I started with my first project in 2011, I, I, I guess I, I saw myself in the future uh, just working on a lab, that my dream would be to work in a lab, working on, on, on projects, but more like because I was so interested in, in learning as much as I could. To me, my fantasy and my dream would have been to just never go out of a lab and just keep working there and finding out new stuff. But iGEM, I love the way that it actually challenged me through the human practices approach. To me, it was such a foreign aspect because it was a, a, a really uh, interesting thing to, to ask the questions that iGEM was asking me, like, what are the, the um, what is the, so what are gonna be some of the consequences of, of, of what you're doing? or what the society thinks about your project and uh, who are the stakeholders, but also who could be neg negatively impacted by, by your actions. So th those kinds of, of questions, I think were done in a, in, a, in a really good moment of my life that I started changing the way I saw the way we do science. And uh, that's also something that I shared through, through Cynthia, because again, it isn't just about doing science because you love doing science, but it's because you understand how science works, how it can be implemented towards solving an issue, but also that it could have a negative side to it that you need to consider. No one is exempt of making mistakes, but to be able to actually question it and then, um, well, yeah, come, with, come up with how, how we solve these this implications has been a, a, a really motivational thing for me that entirely changed my life. Again, I would probably be doing a postdoc at the moment if I hadn't met iGEM, uh, the competition, but uh, thanks to iGEM and, and helping me question about a little bit about the importance of all of these questions and considerations allowed me to come up with a, a, a really good startup that is working on making it easier for more people in Latin America to actually do biotech and symbio from a very respectful and, and also responsible way. And, and to me, that's, that's my calling.
Well, I just invite people to uh, get in touch with us if they would like to hear more about Cynthia uh, as a startup. But also, uh, I'm, I'm always available to many Latin Americans uh, or, or from any other region as well who are interested in also being a part of the iGEM community. Well, that's it for now. I hope these three episodes have served as an inspiration for my fellow iGEMers out there who are interested in making SynBio more accessible for the world to solve the challenges of our time. There are many more amazing organizations and people out there in this space that will hopefully bring on in the future. It was a pleasure to have all three of my interviewees on this podcast, and I hope to be back to host more episodes in the future on biotech, education and accessibility, and more. Thank you for listening.